I hope everyone's new year has got off to a great start. Uh, continuing with the trend that we had last week of new year, new you and fitness, uh, interviewing Cyrus who set up his own studio in Dubai, a fitness studio that started with boxing and branched out. This week we have a female entrepreneur who's done the same thing around a bar, the bar effect, so it's a different concept. Uh, and it's also a new-ish kind of post-pandemic uh, studio in Dubai. So you'll hear similar themes to last week around how to create a product uh, that fits for the fitness industry and talking all, all things fitness in Dubai. Enjoy the conversation. Welcome back to another episode of Dubai Works Business Podcast. Another fitness conversation this week, which is super exciting at the start of the year. We're with Nora Hamidiani. Yes. I should have asked you before, I had another <laughs> pronounce it. I hope that's okay. Yes. She is the founder of Bar Effect. Bar? Bar Effect. They are a hub of energy and social connection where you can come to sweat, let go, and tap into your empower an empowering community of women. So this is women-only studio. They, uh, they have a method of contemporary version of traditional bar uh, designed to sculpt your body, boost your metabolism, and change your mind. So we'll be talking all about the bar effect, the fitness industry and marketplace in the UAE, and plans for how to how, what you're doing this year. So good morning. Morning. Thanks Thank for, for joining me. Uh, thanks for joining, joining Nora. So yeah, tell us a little bit more about bar. Uh, so Bar Effect has been around for two years. We're actually celebrating our two-year anniversary this month. Great. Um, and Bar is a low-impact strength training method. Uh, it comes from Pilates, dance, yoga, soft disciplines, um, all kind of uh, blended together. Okay, amazing. So is this is Bar something that's known elsewhere, and this is your own version of it, your yes. own studio? Okay, so sorry, I'm not familiar with it, but yeah, I'm familiar with everything that you explained there, but not it done together. So is it a, is it a set class? It's a set format, routine? So Bar is a method, um, as you would say, yoga or Pilates. Uh, it's kind of its own category. Um, and then at Bar Effect... It's up to the instructor to choreograph the class. So every class is different, but it all comes from the same method, the same mindset. Um, so we say it's a soft discipline because it's low impact. So there's no jumping. Uh, we use weights, but they're all lighter weights. So it's all very um, healthy and safe for your joints, uh, but still really, um, it's still really effective for strength training, for losing weight, for toning up, uh, for working on your endurance, your cardio. Okay, interesting. And so uh, do other studios offer bar, like yoga studios? Are, are, you know, is it a combination of, I'm thinking dance, yoga, Pilates, like how does it, do you have a yoga mat and are you in, a, in, a, in that style of studio or is it a kind of a, a how does the studio look? So, especially here in Dubai, there's many gyms that have bar as a component, mm. but we're an exclusive bar studio, so we only offer this bar technique. Um, yes, the client stays on their mat, on a yoga mat, the entire time, and then we start the class with a variety of props kind of at their station. And then, of course, it's called bar because we utilize a ballet bar, Hmm. on the wall so we use that for pushing for pulling um, so oftentimes people see the ballet bar and automatically assume it's going to be a ballet class 
but um, there's elements of dance or ballet because of the posture and because of the alignment, but we're not actually doing ballet moves. It's much more athletic. Um, at the same time, I used to be a ballet dancer. A lot of my instructors were dancers, so we use our background in musicality and body awareness, and that helps us to have a more effective class. Interesting. So is, is the class, a, how long is the class? 50 minutes. So we do 45 minutes of work and then five minutes of stretching at the end. Um, and there's a different, different ideas on how long a class should be. When I was first training uh, in New York, most classes were about an hour long. Mm. But I noticed in Dubai um, and probably now in New York that there's just a mindset of being able to get out within an hour. Okay. Everyone is so busy and always running around. So 50 minutes, you know, it's still, it's pretty much an hour, but I think just mentally people think that they're able to kind of squeeze that into their day a bit better. Um, and because it's only 50 minutes, we make sure that those 45 minutes are really intense. We don't offer breaks or stops. Um, and then we take the rest at the end. At the same time, especially first-time clients or clients working with injuries, I just let them know that if you need to take a break, you can, mm. but the class is pretty intense, so we're going to keep things moving for 45 minutes. Interesting. So just taking a step back a bit, uh, you mentioned New York. I think you're originally from Canada? Is, uh, originally from Baltimore. Baltimore. So, yeah, okay. Baltimore, Maryland, East Coast. Okay, US. and, and uh, is that you mentioned the dancing. How did you get into this originally? So I grew up as a ballet and contemporary dancer, um, and it was always my dream to move to New York and, um, you know, live the artist lifestyle. So after I finished university, I studied dance in university, and then right away I moved to New York, and I was training with professional dance companies and performing. Um, and from there, I started teaching fitness, um, you know, the starving artist lifestyle, I had to have some sort of income. So I started teaching fitness on the side. And that actually, I became really passionate about it and realized that uh, it was something I really enjoyed. And um, from there, I took on more managerial, more training roles within the fitness, fitness industry. Mm. And I was given the opportunity to move to Dubai to teach fitness. So that was my journey here. Amazing. So the, when you say you're performing as a dancer, was that in, uh, uh, was that, you know, in, in theater or various uh, yeah, types in, of performance art? So I was art? more, I, ballet was my foundation. And then once I moved to New York, it was more contemporary dance companies. Okay. So I don't sing or act at all. Mm. Purely dance. Um, and as you can imagine, it's pretty competitive. So um, when I was given the opportunity to have a more stable lifestyle, and I still really enjoyed and felt fulfilled in the physical and athleticism of fitness, hmm. um, I happily transitioned into more of the fitness scene. And what were you exposed to in New York in the fitness scene? Because we, we often hear of studio concepts that come out of New York and well-known brand names. Like, what's it like there and what, were you, uh, what was your introduction to that industry? So I've been in Dubai for 10 years now. And um, when I was in New York, it was definitely the boom of boutique fitness. Hmm. So for a while, um, very big gyms um, with expensive memberships were popular, especially in New York and London, LA. But when I was there, 
about a decade ago is when these smaller studios and brands started popping up that were more specialized. So I feel really um, honored and grateful that I was there to see kind of the growth of these now more mega brands, whether it's in yoga or in spinning or in bar. Um, so that's where I fell in love with more of the community aspect of a smaller studio that was specialized and really strong at one discipline. Um, and really getting to know all of the clients and all of the instructors. So that's where I feel I'm more passionate about the boutique side of fitness versus the mega gym side. Yeah, d definitely. And you know, when you were working in the industry in Dubai, uh, Dubai went through a similar sort of growth phase. Is that what you experienced? For sure. So when I first moved here, there was only one or two um, boutique fitness brands, and they were franchises. So it's been really rewarding to see that over the past 10 years, um, Dubai is becoming more established in the fitness scene that you don't necessarily have to rely on a franchise from international, but actually the homegrown brands are what uh, the clientele is interested to support. Um, and being a homegrown brand and not being linked to a franchise, I feel is an advantage because I'm able to kind of shift with the trends mm. um, versus listening to corporate about what's happening in you know, London or in the US, I can actually make sure that things are personalized for what the clients and the women of Dubai would want to see. That's so interesting. We had a guest on recently who mentioned when he was coming up with his fitness studio concepts, he visited uh, many well-known chains in the US and in Europe and came up with something very like them for here, but a year or two later, what he's doing now is very different. And is that what you found as well, that not, not if, is it different in, in, in the time since you opened, but that it's definitely sort of fit, product market fit for people who are here, for your community? Yes, I feel with fitness, when it's a strong technique such as bar, um, it's not a trend, right? So I, I really believe in the longevity of the method and that it's something that's constantly evolving and changing, but the core principles of it will always stand true. Um, so yes, I see that here in Dubai, people, I mean, there's always expat, there's so much uh, people leaving and coming. So here in Dubai, people want these strong studios, but you know, maybe the style of the class or the music or the vibe of the studio um, would be more specific to Dubai versus a different city. Mm. So it's nice to be able to really cater to your individual market. Mm, interesting. Yeah, and so January 2021, it's two years since you opened, that's sort of, there was still a feeling of pandemic then. I, I remember that month because we thought we were out of it and then we were back in it. And yeah. so how did it, you know, was this an idea that you conceived during the pandemic or was it something you always wanted to do and how was it launching at that time? Um, so to be totally honest, I have been asked to, if I wanted to launch a studio or if I was interested and for a while I wasn't because I knew it would be a lot of work and I'm like a perfectionist. So I got to a point in my teaching career where I said, okay, I think I am ready. I'd really be excited for the opportunity. And, um, during COVID, unfortunately, a lot of studios had to close down or there was kind of a shift. So I definitely saw a gap in the market for a strong bar studio. Um, as everyone knows, during COVID, there was a lot about social distancing. 
and many studios, many restaurants were not created with such amount of space that mm. they could still be profitable. Um, so many yoga studios, even to this day, are much more small, much more intimate. But if you're going to have two or three meter gap, you're only going to have a few clients mm. in the studio. So with me, I designed the studio with the pandemic in mind. Um, a majority of our actual space is the studio because when we first launched, we had to have a three meter gap between each client. So it's a pretty vast room. And I had hope that we would come out of the pandemic as we have, and that the social distancing would be smaller. And then I'd be able to fill the capacity more. And I actually feel like it worked in my strength that we started small because we had to have such limited clients. And now as we've grown to two years and as we're kind of closing the gap, at the same time, our clientele is rising with us. Mm. Um, also opening during the pandemic, uh, everything is touchless. So even our water sensor and we have hand sanitizer. So things that you might not have thought about pre-pandemic a client can enter our studio, see the receptionist, go to the changing room, go to the restroom, all without touching a door. So these small details I had to really think about to know that clients would feel comfortable coming to the studio in the middle of a pandemic. Amazing. Yeah, for the listeners, I know it was waving her hands like yeah. you would uh, navigating something without touching. But that, I think that's another aspect probably of you didn't know that you'd have to do not only the pandemic, but... Uh, you know, the interior design and structure and spacing of a facility. What was that like? Was it sort of, how long did it take? And did you feel like your head was in architecture plans just to get the unit up? Are we also thinking about the type of classes, the instructors, the, the branding, the pricing, the marketing, and all the sort of things that you need to do as well? So I, this is the first studio that I've owned, um, the first brand I've created. But I feel a strength I had was from working in so many different studios and from being an instructor or a manager and also being a boutique client myself. So I have this angle of not only the owner, but also I knew what the client would need and I also knew what the instructor would need. For example, I made sure that uh, in our BarFX studio space, there was a space for the staff, for the instructors to kind of go and like have a moment to rest away from the clients, away from the hustle bustle. So I think I had this background uh, experience that helped me to create a more successful space. Um, I knew that it was ladies only, but it still had to be private. Um, so I made sure that, you know, getting into the studio or getting into the changing rooms, if there were some sort of male guests that were to come that they wouldn't be exposed in that nature. So I had to think about that. Um, I don't have a background in interior design. I worked with an interior designer, which was an amazing experience. Just really fun to be able to create, you know, my ideal studio and where things should be. Um, and even down to the colors and the branding, it was just really fun to be able to create it from the ground up. Interesting. Yeah, it is a, you know, I want to kind of compliment and comment on the branding because visually it looks very, uh, how's the word, like high quality. It looks classy, the, the social profiles, the website, the brand and design. Aesthetically, it looks clean and, and nice as well. Uh, so 
that's attractive as well. But I wanted to kind of ask about the ladies-only aspect. Of course, there's lots of ladies-only fitness facilities in the region. Uh, was that the decision behind that, or was it more to do with bar itself that you felt it would be a better offering as ladies-only? Um, so it goes both ways. In general, bar uh, is known to be more female class or technique, not to say that it's not beneficial for men, but it just seems to be that the percentage of clientele is primarily women. Mm. Um, so we had that teaching uh, in the US, teaching other studios here that weren't ladies only. I still saw that even with the option, it tend to be more women coming. Um, and knowing here that culturally women are, would prefer to be in a ladies-only environment, I saw that being a ladies-only studio was then more welcoming um, for the clients of Dubai, just to know that it was an exclusive space for them. Um, it's also been really nice just to build the community and to be just such a pro-women and comfortable space for everyone. So I'm definitely happy that I've decided to make it ladies-only. At the same time, um, with our two-year anniversary, we're actually hosting an event and we're welcoming men to come to that because it's an, at an outdoor space. So um, it's nice to also show everyone the benefits of bar and how challenging and how much fun it can be. Let everyone experience it as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, so is it, do you, uh, you know, is it a class uh, approach or does one go per class or do you have a a monthly membership where people can go regularly? And do you have regular people who use it many times a week? So we uh, sell class packs, whether it's one, five, 10, or 20. And then we also have an option for monthly um, unlimiteds, which are pretty popular because we see women coming even five or six times a week hmm. with our class. As I mentioned earlier, it's up to the instructor to choreograph and decide the moves and the flow and even the music each time. So every class is different. Um, there's no set manual and the instructors are required to teach it, which actually makes it more challenging to find the instructors because they already have to be at a pretty high level and high level of experience. But every class is different. So. Someone can come every day and still find it challenging, still find it exciting, and it's still really safe because, again, it's low impact and it's never repetitive. You're never doing the same moves day after day. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so instructors, uh, I, I guess kind of taking a step back, what sort of training, you know, I think um, people can do uh, different types of fitness training general and then they need to specialize in, in other areas like yoga is that the same as bar do you do a general sort of fitness uh, qualification and then you can specialize as a bar uh, uh, instructor with us specifically the training is done in-house um, and I've actually been the one to do the training um, it you can come from a very diverse background. When I first started teaching bar, all of the instructors were previous dancers, mm. just because we have the training in the posture, the body awareness, the anatomy. Um, at the same time, especially at Bar Effect, we make things very athletic. So someone with a PT background, um, 
or a spin background could also be a very excellent bar instructor, but it's just a matter of teaching them the technique. So with the women that I've trained, I've kind of given them the structure, the bone structure, but then I give them the flexibility to make it their own. So I would say a dance background, Pilates, yoga, personal training, these are the common background that women are coming before they teach. Um, but it's also a lot of personality and, um, you know, being able to choreograph the class to music and having this sense of musicality. So it really takes a special kind of person to be a strong bar instructor. Yeah, how, do, how does music play into it? So every class uh, is has the playlist created by the instructor um, and it's totally up to them. The class is all set on the beat to the music. So obviously the style and the energy of the music can really shift the energy of the class. Um, and it really depends on the personal taste of the instructor. So I'm more dance and house just because that's what I enjoy. Um, at the same time, other instructors like to use more pop or more R&B or hip hop. So as long as the instructor enjoys it, then I feel like they're able to be their true self and enjoy teaching the most. And then that energy is then given to the clients. It's also nice because clients can try out all of the instructors and kind of decide who they mesh with the best. Um, so I'm one of 11 girls at the studio teaching. So it's fun that every day you get a different energy, a different style, and then, you know, like most studios, you figure out which energy, which music you prefer. Yeah, amazing. 11's a lot for one studio, is it? Is that, that sounds like it a is. lot. <laughs> it is, and because most of the instructors um, are also teaching elsewhere or um, have other things going on. We just had two girls come back from maternity leave. I just had my third child as well. So, you know, it just kind of gives also from a managerial standpoint a bit of a cushion Yeah. over the summer, over Christmas. Um, it's a very common time for people to travel. So when we're all here, it's amazing and it's very busy. But then over the summer months when a lot of clients are traveling, well, also my instructors want to travel, mm. right? Um, but it makes it really fun when we all come together for photo shoots or events. Uh, we're a really close-knit team. And um, I think clients can also feel that you know we're all friends and we enjoy being together. So I think that's what the energy of the team is reflected then to the brand. Yeah, definitely interesting. And what, uh, a comment that has been said about the fitness industry before in Dubai is that sort of 10 years ago, it was very hard to find uh, uh, practitioners or instructors or fitness coaches specializing in different gyms, whether it's different techniques. Uh, and they would have had to sort of tell people about Dubai and other parts of the world to bring them in. But now, I don't know if it's your experience, but there seems to be so many more people who are indirectly or directly involved in industry and therefore maybe easier to find talent. For sure. Because um, I was recruited to come here, mm. right, 10 years ago. And now uh, Dubai has grown as a city and such events such as Expo or uh, the shows that come here, those are dancers, those are performers that are also probably in the fitness industry and um, would be interested to stay in Dubai. I also think it's, um, it's more common for 
people to be getting visas um, and to get, be getting that sort of support. Um, and there's different types of visas now, so now it's not um, as challenging to kind of visualize yourself living here. Um, Dubai is growing as a city, so I think as more people are moving here, uh, more diverse, you know, instructors are also coming. Yeah, and, and then on the other side, on the demand side, people are being introduced to new studios, new options, and the, the Dubai customer and the fitness side uh, is quite, uh, would you find them quite uh, knowledgeable about what they're looking for now? For sure, yeah. In the past 10 years, the fitness scene here has grown tremendously. It's amazing. Um, and it's just also showing the awareness of health um, and having a more active lifestyle. So um, there's more clients that are interested in these different techniques and um, you know different ways of staying healthy. And do you think, I saw something on your social media about um, different types of oils and things like that. Do you think beyond bar? Do you think beyond wellness? And is that something that you're introducing to the bar effect as a brand? For sure. So as a one-off studio, um, I have the capability to have any sort of workshops or classes. So I really like to pull from my instructor team. So our instructor that is going to be hosting the workshop this weekend um, is um, like a specialist um, and so knowledgeable on essential oils. So we discussed her doing a workshop. A lot of my instructors are also amazing uh, yoga instructors. So I have them do workshops. So it's just nice to, yes, focus on bar, but at the same time, my team has so many diverse strengths that we can also pull on, and that's going to make things more interesting for the client as well. Yeah, interesting. And so in, so in terms of the industry in general, what's your view on having a specialized studio versus something that offers more classes? Do you think that it's sustainable? Do you think that you have to educate the market to know, to want to come to bar versus yoga and things like that? And um, is, it, is it something that you, you think you will continue with as the brand goes? Grows? So I see the benefits of both for sure. Um, with Bar Effect, since we are an exclusive bar studio, if someone wants a really strong bar class, they know where to go. And it's been nice that I can focus all of my energy on that. I feel that not just with fitness, but other industries, when you're kind of spreading yourself too thin, you're always going to be lacking somewhere. So the fact that I'm focusing and ensuring that we have the top bar in Dubai, then I think clients can also see that. Um, we are a smaller studio. We only have one physical studio space, so we can only have one class going on at a time. Um, so I've also, over the past two years, just become more confident that some people are just not into bar, and that's fine. You know, mm. I myself also like to try different methods, different techniques, see what I'm interested in. So I'd love for everyone to try bar, but if they don't connect with it, if they don't enjoy it, then that's fine. There's so many other options. But at the same time, our classes are busy and our clients are very loyal. So I feel that um, if someone is passionate and does love the bar technique, then they know where to come. Yeah, it's like with any studio that focuses on one thing, whether it's cycling or boxing, they almost to succeed longer term, they need that discipline to kind of continue to specialize and believe in, in the product. Otherwise, your offering kind of can get a bit confused for the customer. 
yeah, it gets a bit um, diluted. Yeah. You know, like what your true um, passion is or what your true concept is. And with bar, there's um, so much room for growth and evolution. Um, for example, at Bar Effect, each day we use a different prop. So um, we differentiate the days by what prop we're going to be using. And there's still so many props that we haven't incorporated yet into the class. So um, we're already now thinking about what's the new prop focus that we could have. And that's already going to bring so many fresh ideas and continue to challenge our clients. Um, so the beauty of bar is that it's not stagnant. Like yeah. there's always room for growth. It sounds like, especially with the different instructors, the music and things like that, it's not, and that, that each class is different as well. Um, in terms of the sort of business opportunity, uh, you know, how, how, hard it is it to sort of do the initial investments and to have a roadmap to profitability i know it's not a tech company but is it something that you kind of is it like a restaurant do you see it like that in terms of margins and and classes and things like that and do you go okay it's going to take me a few years to sort of uh, make this a really sustainable business before i sort of look to maybe doing something else with the brand for sure um to be able to make back the initial investment um you have to be a bit patient with mm. things. And um, again, being able to evolve with the needs of the community um, is only going to be helpful mm. to continue to be profitable. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, you see a lot of turnover in Dubai, whether it's in restaurants, whether it's in retail, whether it's in fitness. So to be able to have like that kind of flexibility um, to shift and grow with your market, I think is only going to help you to be sustainable. Yeah. We touched at the start about, you know, that 10 years ago, there was the industry here was different, be it in terms of what brands were there, whether it was boutique studios or what, um, instructors were there, talent, but, but now, uh, there's been a few years of independent studios on all different levels of, of fitness. Uh, but I think, I don't know if you, if you see this, but I think one of the trends now is that, uh, the brands that are doing really well are potentially those sort of brands that can emerge from Dubai, like instead of, not necessarily as a franchise, but they can be known to be so good at what they do that they kind of set the standards for other people. Is that a kind of a, a direction that the industry is going? For sure. And on, on par, sorry, with, with what you would find and discover in New York as an independent brand, we're seeing it here. For sure, I think um, the competition only makes things stronger, you know, and um, just like something to look up to um, and um, at the same time, the Dubai market compared to other cities is pretty small. Mm. Um, so you do see a lot of oversupply. Um, so I think as long as you stay true to your brand and your purpose, then you're only able to stay afloat. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Do you think there's an oversupply at the moment? For sure. Even after the pandemic? Yes. For sure. I mean, fortunate for Dubai that we're able that, um, like economically, we're able to still stay so strong and come back from it uh, much better than other cities. But um, I think that within fitness, often people see it as maybe a different industry um, that they see other studios doing so well that they also want to follow the trend. Mm. But 
there's so much more to opening a brand than having the nice facilities and the nice branding. I think you soon start to realize that it's all about the people and all about the instructors, and that is harder to find. So um, I think that coming from an instructor angle um, and knowing that you have to focus on your most important aspect of the business, which is the instructor, that, and I'm part of the instructor team, so I know what they need as well. So I feel like that's been a really big strength for mm. us as a brand and a studio. Was there ever oversupply in New York when you were there? Is, is it a thing that's cyclical or do you think it's just Dubai? <laughs> I think it might just be Dubai, um, which again, as a consumer, as the client is amazing. It's a great um, thing to have for us, but to be able to try a different fitness studio pretty much like once a week for the whole year and still not hit all the studios. I mean, and again, it's, a, it's an amazing opportunity for everyone on all fronts, but um, as a business owner, you just have to really evaluate the market and see if there is a gap and what can you offer that is unique or different and can you actually be the forefront of that technique or that style and that's the only way you're going to survive mm, interesting so i want to talk about the region and potential expansion but just a little bit more to educate me maybe i know there is is about the different options available to the trends per se and I, I know you mentioned that bar isn't a trend but we, we see a lot of people trying pilates in the last few years and different types of yoga some that aren't even here yet and different types of stretching and, and things like that what, what what do you think is popular now at this time of the year and, and this year? I feel that obviously having the strong aesthetic of the brand, people are very visual, especially with the um, heighten of social media, you know, so you have to have this visually appealing brand and space. And then um, music, I mean, has always been huge, but you have to kind of follow the trends with the music as well. The music really sets the tone, really sets the environment. Um, and then I feel, as I mentioned, the class is 50 minutes. People really want to get the most bang for their buck for their time. So really being efficient um, and feeling that, you know, we're busy and we have a lot going on. We don't have all day to work out. So if I only have this one hour, this one 50-minute chunk, I need to make sure it's really worth my time. Um, yeah. And are people, are you available on the class booking apps? And are, if not, do you, how easy is it for people to book a class? So we have an app ourselves um, and obviously through our website as well. Um, and it's, yeah, it's very user friendly. Of course, it has to be, I think, all studios at that point, this point, it, that's just a must. Hmm. Um, just the accessibility to be able to book um, and yeah, social media has been our strongest marketing tool, um, not just in Dubai. I mean, now it's worldwide, of course. So um, we do focus a lot on um, our marketing and our photo shoots um, just to make sure we're able to kind of reflect ourselves in the best light. Yeah, and it's quite personal as well. On your website, there's the background to the instructors and link to their personal profiles and things like that. So it makes it, people feel familiar. It removes that sort of... Uh, initial sort of uh, not knowing where you're going or who you're meeting sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's all about the instructor, you know, and um, just being 
being that welcoming, friendly face when you first go, especially to a new studio or a new technique, uh, you can be a bit hesitant or a bit nervous. So we just make sure that clients really feel welcome. Mm. And um, my instructors, they're all friends of mine and we're all friends. And so uh, you can tell that it's somewhere that they want to be. And when, you know, when the staff, when the instructors are happy, then the clients also feed off of that. Yeah. So interesting and no i was just thinking because i'm not really familiar with with the classes uh but it sounds like because you have the instructor and because you need the props and the bar itself that it's not something that people do at home therefore uh it's more likely that you do need a studio for example you could do yoga on a mat in front of youtube or you could cycle indoor sometimes as i do you know rather than going to a studio so it, it does sound as if it's although kind of a lot of thought went into it during the pandemic but it sounds like bar is something that you kind of have to go and dance is something that you have to go to a studio for at this point there are a lot of at-home options mm. um, especially from the pandemic um, there's even now bars that it is fixed to the wall so it's pretty strong but there's actually bars um, that you can just that are movable portable um, and there's a lot of great options for mm. at home I personally feel the energy of being in person and the studio environment um, was much more exciting and motivating than working out at home. So um, I feel like a lot of our clients as well were excited to get out of their house and back in the studio. Uh, we do focus on the props, but at the same time, um, especially more my style is um, pretty like straightforward and not very fancy. So even just using your own body weight can be really challenging and yeah. how you kind of choreograph that to the music and how you um, set your class pace and uh, tone. So you don't necessarily need the props, but I think it's more the energy of working hard, of being motivated and sweating with a group of like-minded women is what's going to help you take yourself to your next level of your fitness journey or your fitness level. Yeah, interesting. So yes, yeah, so talking a little bit about, you know, the studio itself and, and the brands at Bar Effective, what would be your plans for this year and beyond? So we do um, look to introduce new props. So we're right now kind of figuring out what would be fun, uh, what would be challenging. Um, we're also going to host a boy at the bar class, which we haven't done yet, but many of our clients want to bring their friends or their partners to also experience. So we're going to see how that kind of goes. Um, and yeah, just continuing to keep the classes busy and to, um, meet new clients and have new members is always a focus for us. Um, and who knows? Yeah, Let's see. Watch we'll the space. <laughs> but it is, um, you know, I touched on it earlier, but, uh, you know, female studios for fitness suits the region, right? So the, the kind of Gulf region and beyond. And also fitness is really on the up in Saudi Arabia and other markets. It must be something that you've kind of thought about of what could this brand live elsewhere in the region? For sure. Um, and of course, I feel humbled to have been asked to open up um, and even just start the conversation about franchising. But um, at the same time, as I keep speaking of like the importance of the instructor is I have to make sure that um, the brand level wouldn't be diluted. You know, you're able to 
copy the marketing plan and you know the studio and the colors and the branding and produce it anywhere, but to actually have the same level of instruction is what's challenging. Mm. So um, that's why it's been nice to just kind of keep it small, keep it boutique. Um, also, you know, as a mother of three young kids, um, I'm trying to also um, just kind of find some balance. So I feel fortunate that I can really just focus on this one studio and yeah. really just make it the best I can. And yeah, it's been really fun. Yeah, sometimes, you know, it's not, not everything has to be franchised. Like if, if you're doing a good product, then that's, that's a success. And Makes it, it more special, it, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. More, more unique and people have to come to you. Um, but obviously the brand itself can, you know, kind of become well known and maybe have spin-offs and you, you seem quite innovative doing pop-up events and things like that. Um, yeah, so like the, the oils, uh, essential oils workshop this weekend, is that open to the public? Is it in your studio and what does that entail? Yes, it's in the studio. Um, and one of our instructors, Ali, um, is like a specialized, um, on this topic, so she's going to be explaining um, just the benefits of essential oils and um, how you can use them for a variety of ways, then also selling the oils in the studio. So um, as I've mentioned, I'm really open to collaborations and um, just kind of supporting like-minded women um, in Dubai and um, seeing how, you know, whatever they're most knowledgeable about how I can bring that to our clients as well. Mm, interesting. Yeah, so uh, to finish up, and we're coming to the end, but I wanted to get your view on sort of the region. And, uh, you know, we always ask, you know, is the Middle East an emerging market? Will it emerge? You, you've come from the US, you've been here 10 years. Uh, you know, people do speak about a recession globally, but they also speak about, uh, you know, positive growth in the, in the economy in, in Dubai and in the region. Are you, are you happy here with your kids? Are you happy here with your outlook for the future as well? For sure. I can only see Dubai um, on its way up, and I feel really fortunate to be here um, and raising my kids here, and it's very safe, and the opportunities that we have I'm from the U.S., my husband's from Lebanon, and we met here. So I feel like only in a place like Dubai we could have met. Um, and just the how diverse my friends are, our clientele, I really feel like there's nowhere else in the world that everyone is coming together. So, yeah, I'm really excited about the coming years. Brilliant. Well, really positive note to finish on. Thank you, Nora, for your time. Thanks for the education for me personally, and we'll follow Bar Effect in the future. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was really interesting. As you could tell, I had to learn what bar was. I've never done it, uh, but it sounds really good and something that I would like to try in the future as well. Um, and you know, what Nora has created already in two years is obviously uh, something that kind of suits the Dubai market and is a nice brand and uh, wishing them all the success. I hope you learned something from it as I did. Uh, and thank you to Shahir, our producer, who put this, this together, Ali K and Ali B, who edited and everything produced it across Smashy TV streaming service on iOS, Android, and all smart TV apps. And on the podcast, of course, Angami, Spotify, and Apple mainly. Uh, if you if you are listening, and as we mentioned last week, uh, the numbers have gone up significantly in the last few months. 
There's been uh, 6,000 listeners or so in the last 30 days, and uh, we recently passed 200 episodes, so I hope you are enjoying it. Please do give feedback on any of the Smashy TV uh, Instagram accounts or the Smashy Business Instagram account or on any of the comments of the podcast as well. Uh, we'd love to know which po- episodes you prefer, which sort of topics that you like. Uh, and as usual, we only interview founders or uh, C-suite who have built their own businesses and running businesses in Dubai across any sector. Uh, so if there's any particular people or industry that you'd like to hear more of, do let us know. And we'll be back next week with another episode. This show is brought to you by the Augustus Media Podcast Network. Thank you for listening and I hope you enjoyed it.